0: You're listening to a podcast from Jubilee Church, Farnham. To find out more, visit www.jubilee.church. As I've been preparing for today, I've got drawn to John's Gospel and chapter 15, and that's really the passage that I want us to start with. It's not really an exegetical preach, it's more sort of sharing my heart in that sense, but uh, hopefully it will speak to us. And... uh, I think it is a word for us as a church as we start this year. But also, I think it's a word for us as individuals as we start 2024. And it's a powerful passage and a really familiar passage in many ways. And uh, there's my clicker there. And uh, I'm just going to read it to us. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in my love, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It goes on like this. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know the master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from the Father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Isn't that a wonderful passage? We could just stop there, really. But I know you'd all be disappointed. (laughs) See, Jesus is using a very familiar physical object to teach a wonderful spiritual lesson. He draws the disciples' attention to a fruitful vine. And then makes two key teaching points. One about pruning branches and another about abiding in the vine. And in these 17 verses, it contains some of the most important, some of my most loved passages. Because it's all about the disciples' love relationship with Jesus. That he's calling them into. The Bible... It's called living and active, isn't it? It's living and active. And I suppose my prayer is that this passage becomes living and active within us as we approach this beginning of this year. In fact, Lord, I pray that your word would speak to us. I pray it may be living and active in our souls, even this morning, that through these words, they're not just words in an ancient book, but they're words that have life in them. And as we chew on it, as we reflect on it, I pray that they may be living and active in our souls. And so we pray that for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. It starts in verse 1. For those who don't know John's gospel, there are seven times the perfect number when Jesus says, I am... Uh, it's a significant that Jesus says those words, I am. Some of you will be familiar with that. God says to Moses in the Old Testament, I am who I am. And tells the people, I am sent you. It's the very name of God. The name I am is how God chose to introduce himself to his people in the Old Testament. And it became so sacred in Judaism that the name wasn't even to be spoken. I am the name of God. So in John 8, when Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am, he was making a big point. That's why they tried to stone him, if you read that passage, for his blasphemy. See, I am the true vine is a big statement. And even the picture of a vine is important and significant because the In the Old Testament, you see Israel often talked about as the vine. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine, it would have grabbed their attention, those who are listening. That's why he uses this language. And then he says, his father is the gardener. And I think the same gardener is going to be at work in Jubilee, but also in each of us, even if you're visitors, through this next coming year. I'm, I'm not much of a gardener. If you come to our garden, you will see that I'm not much of a gardener. We, you know, we have grass, <laughs> and we have a hedge, uh, and that, that's it, really, and the grass isn't doing so well either. But the other week, we had Catherine, uh, King's daughter, come over. She used to work at Wisley, and, uh, uh, and she just started telling us things about cuttings and plants and do you know what it just really caught our imagination so now around our houses there is all sorts of things growing roots coming down into little pots plants everywhere all at different stages because someone who knew what they were doing taught us a little bit and the master gardener knows what he's doing when he's tending ourselves he's the one who knows us more than we know ourselves but do you know what? This passage is quite challenging as well, isn't it? It suggests that at times the gardener needs to be tough with us. Verse 2 He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Dead and disease branches need to be cut off, they sap the life from the vine. But even healthy, fruitful branches that are alive need to be pruned to be even more fruitful. There's a pruning that goes on in our souls by our Heavenly Father. See, the grapevine consists of a woody trunk. This is a bit of an education. woody trunk with one or more of what's called cordons, woody extensions from the trunk that remain from year to year. And together, the trunk and the cordons are what Jesus refers to as the vine. The, fruitless, uh, the fruitfulness comes from shoots that are called canes or spurs that grow up from the woody cordons. Can you see that? That's how they work, vines. The fruit comes from the buds on the new canes, and the old canes don't produce fruit again so pruning takes experience and skill. After the harvest, the winter comes, the leaves fall off, the vine goes dormant. And during that time, before the new buds of spring, pruning takes place. And our passage discuss, dis, discusses two operations that the vine dresser does. He removes unfruitful branches and then prunes the fruitful ones. The vine dresser looks at any shoots that didn't bear fruit the previous season due to disease or damage or one kind or another, and these get cut off entirely. So that the energy of the plant is not wasted on unfruitful or diseased branches, but can go into the branches that do bear fruit. But also the fruitful branches that get pruned back to the first two nodes. As you can see there, there's nodes written up there, I think, somewhere. Uh, on the old shoots, and from the new canes, the next year's growth happens. And without pruning, the fruit for the new season will be dramatically diminished, and the vine will begin to grow wild, producing some grapes, but making it hard for the plant to get enough light, and making it difficult to harvest the few grapes that are produced. So pruning shocks the plant. But in the hands of a skillful vine dresser, the vine remains healthy and produces the maximum fruit year after year. That is the, a little masterclass from a non-master <laughs> that I read, that I pass on to you. See, the purposes of pruning are this, to stimulate growth. Secondly, to allow the vine dresser to shape the vine. Thirdly, to produce maximum yield without breaking the branches with too many clusters for them to bear. Fourthly, to protect against mildew. And finally, to produce better quality wine with a more highly concentrated flavour to grapes. That's why you prune And it's a great picture for us. And we can draw many spiritual connections with this passage. Like those first disciples, the image would be very familiar, but powerful as Jesus used it to communicate his truth. See, Jesus isn't just giving them a gardening lesson. He's not just teaching them how to make the best communion wine. He is teaching them a spiritual truth through something that is familiar. And the point he's making is that the Father does do pruning in our lives so that you and I can become healthy and bear more spiritual fruit. And I think the Father also works in churches, in the same way, I think. Pruning, stimulating growth, shaping us, encouraging fruitfulness, protecting against mildew, so the produce of our lives is the best it can be. Don't you want that to be happening? I do. With uh, COVID, and the challenging sort of years that we have had since then many many have experienced a a winter time and some still are to be honest the impact of COVID remains I think with many of us and in many situations in many different ways the, the the impact of that winter time remains the the impact of all the economic problems and Cultural challenges, all sorts of things that are going on, has felt like a winter time. But maybe in those times, the gardener is at work, actually, cutting and pruning, ready for the spring. And the more I've thought about it, do you know what that has been happening in this last season? And I just wonder, I just see signs of spring among us. I don't see a winter, I see a spring coming forward. In 20 years, I've never seen so many visitors at our Christmas services. We've literally had no, not had so many visitors in 20 years of Jubilee at our Christmas service. You see, life is coming. At our carol service, we had to close the tickets. We've never had to done that. I mean, in the early days... You just dream of having to close the tickets for an event. See, life is coming amongst us, folks, as we hit the beginning of this year. One of the joys of my job is I get to talk to all the team and all the people who are leading different ministries. And, you know, as I hear about Haley and the team talking about Jabel and the things that happen there, the den, the youth, do you know what? The sap is rising, We have more people not in Jubilee at those things than at Jubilee. We are reaching out to the community. And you hear what these dear kids and young people are learning about and hearing and then saying. It is a joy to see the impact. In Alpha, in the just worship on Sundays, there's a sense of spring coming, isn't there? Just even if you hear our singing, There's a joy in it. Spring is coming. In our growth groups, prunings, producing new shoots, I think, as we get through this year. And new ministries emerging amongst us, not even initiated by Rick or I or any of the uh, elders. They just come up from within us. The men's ministry, it's a joy. I was so overjoyed how many men came out in November. The growing hope work that the team are doing with the families with additional needs. I mean, it is phenomenal when dreams change. Isn't it a joy when I have as a leader, when you have other people, leaders come to you and say, look, we want, it's worked really well. We want to do this now every term and we want to set up a support group. And we want to connect with Growing Hope, a national body that sets up clinics for families with additional needs. All these things are amongst us, and it's like there is new life shooting up in all sorts of ways. The Refresh Cafe. Can we do a cafe at the centre? We'd love to do a cafe at the centre. A vision for the Refresh model, really focusing on the parents and carers, not the kids refreshing them physically, emotionally, spiritually. Let's put it out there. Anybody interested, 12 people come to the lunch. I don't think it was just because it was a lunch that Leah had put on. It was because there's a growing sense that life is coming in these areas. It's a joy to see. Thank you for those who've let out in these different ways. I could spend the whole time just talking about those things and the other things that are emerging amongst us. The revamping of of the centre is bringing new life, isn't it? It was very dead. (laughs) It is now full of life just through the autumn. It's just becoming alive when you start seeing people in it. When we did the little Christmas cafe, it was just a joy to see people in there. Half of them aren't in Jubilee. It was just a joy to see them there amongst us. Those who gave at our last year's gift day towards the revamp, just thank you so much. It's a good investment. What you put into us being able to do that is making a real difference. So many people have come in. There is fruit in that hub emerging, and it's only just begun. Lifespring Church starting this evening. I mean, a lot of you aren't so connected with our work in Borden, it's been going the last seven years. A little runner from Jubilee went out. It's taken root. There's a plant now growing there. Thank you for your support in that in Hope Church over in Aldershot each Sunday. These two wonderful churches Hope Church, Life Spring Church, it's called Life Spring because that area is called the Deadwater Valley. And they thought that was the wrong name for that area. They wanted to have a life spring in that area. It's a prophetic picture of what they want to see in Borden. Dave said they had 60 people there last week. They've got kids starting coming as well. And isn't it a joy to see what we've done as we've tried to plant and see the gospel uh, produce fruit in different ways. You see, God is on us. The gardener is tending to us. And and baptisms this afternoon, what a, a wonderful picture of fruitfulness, isn't it? growth happening. Yeah, yes, it's a sort of picture of, of death and resurrection, isn't it? We, there is a death a going down into the water, but there is a resurrection coming out of the water, and, and our focus is on the resurrection. You'll be pleased to hear, we don't keep you under the water. <laughs> the point of the baptism is the coming out, the resurrection and, and that idea of death and resurrection, isn't it just the rhythm of the gospel? It's the rhythm in our lives, isn't it? Let, let, me, just, let me tell you a story. Before Christmas, um, I asked Rick and Quinton to advise on coffee machines for the hub. Now, Rick, as you know, is a coffee snob. I mean, coffee expert, <laughs> And... And Quinton is like an experienced, he knows what he's talking about in terms of machinery and that sort of stuff. And they said, this is the best kit that you should get. And, and told me how much it cost. And he's like, I cannot believe how much it costs. But I sort of put a proposal to the trustees and, uh, for this unbudgeted expenditure. And, and they, they saw the number as well. And and then they, they you know I could tell that you know it wasn't going too well that meeting and so they said, Well look, why you just write a business plan, Sean. So I wrote a business plan, you know, pastors writing business plans. But anyway, I had to draw lots from my old life. But anyway, put it back to them. I said no. And do you know what? It felt like my plans were being pruned back i got a vision for this place, Wade Christian Centre. And it felt like I was being pruned back. Then this week, Hayley came home one night and said that her friend's husband's coffee shop was closing. And I needed to go and meet George. So I've had a really busy week this week, but I thought I need to go and meet with George because Hayley told me to. <laughs> So I contacted him, sent him a copy of the Wade and Christian sent revamp brochure, and he said he's keen to meet. Look, I'm selling the main machine in the coffee shop with the business, but I've got a spare one that would work really well for you. And then, so I thought, oh, well, what's going to come of this? I don't know. And then I was having a conversation with somebody in the church talking about this, and they said, um, look, if you get a good deal, I'll donate to it and so I thought okay I'll go and try and get a good deal and I'll donate to it and it turns out that this donation and the person who last year in their gift day sort of said that they wanted to support the uh, coffee shop purchase of a coffee machine turns out that that is the same amount as this guy wants for the coffee machine so I was overjoyed so I went down to meet him and he said, yeah, look, I, I'll give you this. It comes with um, a grind. I'll throw that in. They're 800 quid, and I'll, I've got all these bags of coffee, and you'll need jugs, and you'll need this, and you'll need that, and, look, I'll set you up uh, with it. And i send my engineer to come and fit it. And, oh, it needs a, it needs a sort of water softener. So, so but I've got, I've, you know, I'll get one of those for you. I'll pay for that, and you can have that uh, as well. And, uh, and I thought, oh, crumbs, I cannot believe it. Even a chocolate shaker. <laughs> He said, if I sell sell my business, to to, there's two different people looking for it, or three different people. Two of them have got their own brand. Um, The other one wants to buy my brand. But if if it's one of the first two, you might as well have all the cups and everything because it's sort of branded with our coffee thing, and you could just have all of that as well if you want. And it was like, I can't believe this. But God's promises are, are pressed down and overflowing, aren't they? And, and so when I met with him, I, I, wanted to, I sort of went in there to talk about coffee machines. And the beginning of our time was, look, just before we get to that, I've just become a town councillor, short, and, uh, and I think that you need to meet the town clerk. I thought, I didn't even know there was a town clerk. <laughs> He said, Sean, you need to speak to the town clerk because we've, we've just set up a fund to support the sort of things that I read about in your brochure. So on Wednesday, I set off to the council offices to talk about the vision we have for the centre. And it was a weird meeting because we, I was sitting in the big, biggest room and they've got it there. And it was like as if I was a celebrity. People kept copying in to say hello. I don't know, they've passed this thing round, and all sorts of people kept coming in just to say hello to me to talk about what we were doing because they're really interested in it and whether they can fund it for us. And then at the end, the, the, the duty council leader came in And he'd just finished a meeting, and he he said, oh, it's really interesting what you're doing with young people and in the area. And we're really interested in that area around Waden School and and, Waden Christian Centre. And he was as if he was trying to say something. And then he sort of slipped out at the end. He said, do you know what? When I was in a church youth group, it shaped my life. And I thought, oh, praise God. Then... I was trying to get home because the meter was ticking in the car park and and then this clerk came in and said to me, he said, Look, Sean, you're you know, it's really interesting reading what you're you're doing. And I noticed particularly your your oh look, that's the coffee machine, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I I noticed <laughs> I noticed uh, I, I noticed what you were doing with your prayer pods. For those of you who who don't don't remember. This is the centre that we're sort of, you know, our Wading Christian Centre. That's all the garden there. What we'd love to do is build these two, what we're calling prayer and pastoral pods and this big store there. Um, rooms, if you like, like garden offices, really, t- that we can do some therapeutic work, some one-to-one work. It'd be great to be able to have somewhere where the staff can work without being interrupted by people coming into the centre for cafes, that sort of stuff. It's a real... Talking to different people about setting up some mental health provision, that sort of stuff, and I'd love to do it. And, they, and, but, and but it's like tons of money, and it's, are we going to be able to afford it? All that sort of stuff. But uh, he, he said to me, he, the town clerk at the end, he said, "Sean, I just, you just need to talk to this councillor from Surrey County Council, and because she's still, she's she's the councillor for your area, and she's got some funding, I know." That is for capital expenditure just like what you're trying to do and why don't you get George to introduce you to her and have a conversation now now I don't know what's going to come of all of that okay it might have been a waste of my afternoon on Wednesday but I'm praying and I just wonder I wonder whether the gardener prompted the trustees to say no I'm not saying that every no is just, I'm just saying to you trustees, (laughs) but that no, (laughs) I just wonder, I mean, it's good you have trustees who say no, I mean, that's what their role is, it's not just to say no, it's to say yes, but but they, they need to keep us on track, don't they? I mean, but you know, that, that is their, their role. But, and, and the Lord can use that and does use that. And although for me, when I felt it, it felt like a pruning, it was because the gardener had a fruitfulness in mind that was way beyond what I could imagine. See, pruning is hard at the time, but the key is to know the Lord's heart in it. See, he skillfully prunes for fruitfulness. That's why he prunes. And if we know his heart in it, it makes the pruning a bit easier to tolerate, doesn't it? And I suppose as I've sort of approached this week, as we've just sort of coming to a week of prayer and our gift day coming up, I, I just have been thinking about pruning and, and how it produces fruitfulness. And I've had it just particularly in mind for our gift day next Sunday. In a sense, as I, as I prune back my bank account to give, God can make it so productive. And that this year... I think it's been the hardest year in 20 years. Heating bills, food bills, mortgage, rental costs, fuel for cars. Everything's gone up, has it? Can you think of anything that hasn't gone up? And as we approach this 2024 gift day, for many, I think it's going to be more sacrificial than usual. We'll have to choose to go without to cut back in order to give but perhaps this passage says that that pruning some of our personal expenditure can produce fruitfulness elsewhere for the kingdom I mentioned in the weekly news sheet about the grace the apostle Paul saw and honoured in the Macedonian churches. It says this: in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Talk about countercultural! For I testify, he says, that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service of the Lord's people. 2 Corinthians 8. Just what a heart attitude. They'd mastered money, not let money master them. They weren't trapped in keeping up with the Joneses. Their heart was to bless others and especially those in need. What an example they are for us. Now, nobody is ever pressurized to give anything in Jubilee. We, we don't even take an offering, um, which we've talked about this week, whether we should do that, but that's a whole other conversation. We don't want to pressurize people. Nobody is ever manipulated. It's not going to be big hype next week or anything. We're going to give out these little cards In fact, you could probably pass them around, Rick, if you want, just can have a little look at them. They've got three little options for you to give a one-off gift next Sunday or to let us know what your regular giving might change. Some of you might need to reduce your regular monthly change giving uh, next year. Some of you who are newer to Jubilee might want to start giving, and we would really love you to join us in that. But as we come to this gift day, we've got some choices, haven't we? to make. and you know, what we want to do, what we do do takes money. We don't other than grants that I might be able to rustle up. We don't receive funding from some national sort of denomination or anything like that. We fund what we do. and God is calling us to continue to do that. I think uh, this gift day is perhaps more important than many that we've done. We've budgeted a break-even this year. Our budget included an increase in giving. that We haven't seen as much as we'd budgeted. So at the moment, we're projecting to make a loss this year. And uh, it's important that you know that. But this gift day can change that. And I'm praying that this particular gift day is one that I can say was miraculous in the current climate, I want to be able to say this is a miraculous gift day. That a gift day that showed, that came out of an overflowing of joy and the rich generosity of Jubilee, to use that phrase. So next week, we're going to give these cards out. You can take them with you now. We'll have some more next week as well. If you're able to make a one-off gift, we'd love you to do that. If you want to change your monthly giving up, that's great. If you want to change it down because it's just really tough, that is fine as well. But it's really helpful to know what giving is going to be for next year. Next year is going to be a hard year for us financially. We have received some grants the last couple of years that are stopping next year. We also have to start paying back the loan that we received for some of the work for the centre. And so it's going to be a hard year financially, and uh, we need to really plan well and uh, know how to do that. So it's really helpful for you, for us, if you can tell us uh, what you anticipate your giving to be or to pledge uh, to be. And uh, that we don't hold you to that. It just helps us and gives us a, a big sort of a good idea and enables it to help us um, to do that. And we may need to make some cutbacks in some areas, but we're trusting that God is going to do a miracle in a way that we don't have to do that. And so I think God is, is calling us to some amazing things, and I'm trusting that he is going to provide what we need for that. And I think we want to do tons. We're going to hear more about it over these next few weeks as well, because it's time for God's people to be making a difference in a way that is going to be significant i think the new ministries that are developing are going to reach the broken the downtrodden reach out to the next generation with hope care for the hurting in ways that are going to amaze us and i think we're going to see such fruitfulness in it and as I've been sort of praying about all the challenges, all of the economic things, can we, should we do a gift day? The changes in culture, I read, you know, I read this week a report that says that now over half of our country believe religion is a negative influence on society. It's sort of shifted. Um, we, you know, we're now seen as destructive to the society. And I think that's just such the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> we're there to bring healing into society and be sought and light. And and do you know what? It's time for God's blessing to come upon us. Yeah. And so we wanna we wanna commit to this gift day, commit to our neck this year in a, in a way that I think is gonna honor the Lord and I think we're gonna see miracles come out of it because I believe we're moving into a time of great fruitfulness. And God's heart is for us in that. Let me close with this. In addition to cutting and pruning, Jesus draws out another truth that I think is for us as a church and for individuals as we start this year. He speaks of of abiding or remaining in the vine. Remain in me. Oh, that's the two little pods I want to build. there. Remain in me. In me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. And I, I just feel this is a, a living word for us. Remain. Some translations say abide or stay with me or stay joined to me or live in me or remain united to me or continue in me. Lots of different ways they try and capture the word in the Greek. But the original Greek word is, is a verb, it's, a, it's an action word. We positively we re- remain, we, we choose to abide. It's something we do. And what an instruction it is, maybe a command from the Lord. Remain in me. And what a promise it is that the result of that. And I will remain in you. Just let that sink in. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Choose to remain in me, abide in me, and I will remain in you. And the master uses this vine to, to give some wonderful motivation. No branch can bear fruit on itself. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow. In fact, he said their branches will be thrown in the fire. But those who remain grafted in, he promises, will be fruitful. To those who decide to abide in him, he promises to abide in them and produce fruit, spiritual fruit. And I think that's God's heart for our week of prayer coming up. We're going to be praying in the morning, 7 till 7.30. We're going to be praying on Tuesday evening. We want to encourage when we're getting together in groups and all the other things we're doing for us to pray. And we want to encourage each of us to pray personally. So we're going to send some little prayer pointers out each day for you to pray for. We're going to pray through our five G's. Go, gather, grow, give and uh, glorify. But I just want to finish with this. It's not a thing to do. It's not just another meeting to add into your already too busy lives. I don't want us to approach it like that. See, Jesus wants to be with you and me this week. He wants us to abide with him. This week. That's why we're having a week of prayer. If you just carve out a bit of time in the day. If you choose to do that to pray. He's going to remain with you. He's going to be with you. And his heart. I think for each one of you this week. Is that he wants you to know. That he so wants. To abide in you. He. Looks at us. With such love, such passion, such desire, he wants to abide with us. To the weary, he says, he says, come. To the broken, the downtrodden, he says, come. To the anxious, he says, come away with me and I'll give you peace. To the angry, he says, come abide with me, I will give you my peace. To the grieving, he says, come and abide with me, and I'll comfort. To the doubting, the depressed, the lonely, he says, live in me, and I will live in you. Isn't that a joy to think? It's a choice that we have this week. We just let our week control us, or we take control of our week and say, I'm going to remain in him. I'm going to spend some time each day praying. I'm going to give myself. I'm going I'm to prune something else back. It's watching TV or reels on your Instagram, which are addictive, aren't they? Well, those who sniggered then understand. The rest of you, get up with technology, come on. <laughs> but don't let it overtake you. And then he says, if you remain in my word, if my word remains in you, shapes you, molds you, then whatever you ask will be done for you. Crumbs. Is that powerful? As we remain reading the Bible, praying, worshipping, meeting together, serving the poor, preaching the good news, as we abide in him, he will answer our prayers. So this week of prayer isn't like extra meetings for your diary. It's something to get altogether different. It's an invitation for you to abide with the gardener. So I look forward to seeing some of you in the mornings. I look forward to gathering a great crowd on Tuesday nights. But individually, let's give time away Let's be open to the father's pruning in our lives, too. There might be things that we need to recognize They're dead, or disease, need cutting off. may need areas that need to be pruned, that have been fruitless. It's time to, for them to be cut off, and that fruitfulness would come. Final point is this: that on top of all of that, Isn't it a joy to see that his bountiful fruitness is for the Father's glory? In fact, it says that fruitfulness is a sign that we are his disciples. So you're ready for a year of fruitfulness, a year of blessing. There's going to be pruning, but do you know what his call is for us to remain in him? Abide in him and he is going to bring fruitfulness to us because he's interested in his glory being known in this town. Amen? Amen. Hopefully that's got you going a little bit for the year.